Uh, okay, Dave, do you want me to start this one or you? Why don't you start? I started last time. You want me to start again? All right. Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Dave. <laughs> See, you couldn't let me start. You tried, but Dave, you couldn't. We, where are we right now? Where are we in the world right now? We're not allowed to say. Yes, we are. Well, it, it is part of our charm of the Boiling Point Podcast to talk <laughs> about our booth. We are in a brand new booth, brand new to us. Uh, feels brand new. And it is brand new, actually. It, it is. It's brand new for we, us. We've had this well. evolution of booths. We've had these great booths all the way through. And we're and we this is this has got like um soundproofing and I'm I'm closer to you, so you and know there's air conditioning. So just remember the first like eighty episodes we did in that small closet. And uh, we talked about it all the time. And, talked, and yeah. the feedback was quit talking about the booth. <laughs> so So we just talk about the booth because we say, Well whatever okay, this time we won't talk about the booth and we would talk about it. So it's time to celebrate the fact that we've got a new booth. And it's also time to celebrate the fact that uh it took hundred and forty 152 episodes to get Nicole LeBlanc onto the Boiling Point podcast. Nicole, 152 Hi, episodes. This is a special episode. Well, I'm very excited to uh, help be part of the, the new booth. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you right now? Because you should describe exactly your whereabouts because so many listeners want to hear I'm actually, I'm in Kitchener-Waterloo today learning about lots of exciting female founders. Oh my gosh, that's, that's amazing. And, and I think this is a good way to launch into the introduction uh, of, of you, Nicole. Of course it is, because, Greg. You well, can segue anything. Well, I love is, it. Nicole uh, and I get to know each other through uh, her previous job at the New Brunswick Innovation Foundation. When Calvin Milbury's been on the show. so That's that's right. And that. then she was uh, gracious to invite me to climb Mount Katahdin with her and her amazing husband. And she's also a uh, an amazing advisor to my company, Hemmings House. So... I love Nicole a lot, um, and you are going to love her a lot now as well. And the fact that she is hanging out with a bunch of female entrepreneurs in Kitchener-Waterloo is a great segue for Nicole to introduce herself about her role at BDC and how BDC is an excellent champion of entrepreneurs. Over to you, Nicole. Sure. So my 60-second pitch is I'm a proud East Coaster, and I now live in Toronto. I like it actually a lot more than I thought I would. I think it has something to do with the Blue Jays doing so well the last few years. I was going to say the Leafs. But, the Leafs. Come on, Nicole. Greg will want to talk about that for sure. Uh, but I only go when the roof is open for the, the Jays games. It's so much different. It's so much more fun. And uh, I started in accounting, and uh, I'm married to an artist, so I actually started to realize I had a really creative side, and you really don't want your accountants to be that creative. So uh, when <laughs> <laughs> when he decided to go back to school, um, that's when I met up with Calvin and MBIF and really got introduced to the world of venture. And working at the early stages where everything is sunshine and unicorns, it's really inspirational, uh, all of the people that you get to spend you know, most of your day with. So you know, once I discovered this world, I was never going back. And uh, I've moved around a bit. I live in Halifax as well. 
and now I'm in Toronto. And so I really get to see that whole national landscape and get to see the difference between the early stage ecosystems uh, from coast to coast. So I feel really lucky and uh, very excited to be working with uh, a lot of cool people. And uh, one of the newest things on our, our plate right now is women in technology and how to engage more females in this, this industry. Well, I think that's a great topic for us to chat about a little bit, Nicole. Um, <clears throat> certainly, uh, with addressing this massive gap in the tech world, uh, gender gap, I should say. Um, and of course, we we discussed a little bit about this in our film Code Kids, where it seems like boys were much more encouraged to go into technology uh, than girls. And we analyzed that and took it right back to the fact that early education was not looking at encouraging young girls to get into tech. Can you speak on that a little bit and and maybe even talk a little bit about uh, the Ladies Learning Code movement and other initiatives that are really trying to address this problem? Sure. So on a personal level, I really do gravitate towards the youth and where youth are spending their time and where we're encouraging and making it easy for youth to engage with technology and, you know, really encourage people to do interesting, creative, you know, things around problem solving. Um, one of my favorite young entrepreneurs is Heart Fund by Kaya. Uh, nice. so I love to see all of these great things happening. Like when I was seven or when I was 15, I wasn't doing these things. So but I think it's really important for everybody to play a role and to try to encourage and, this and, sort of behavior. And just before, and Nicole, for listeners that aren't aware of this, please tell us a little bit about <laughs> Kaya's initiative. It is very cool and who she is. If you Would that be okay? Because it's a really great example. You want me to? Or yeah, no, I want you. No, you. You know, you. Greg, Greg will go on for two hours about it. So you'll, you'll oh, do okay. a great job. So, so what I really like about her and what she's doing is it's really encouraging to see her take a leadership role at such a young age and, you know, really encourage inclusivity. And, um, you know, she's speaking to high school kids about inclusiveness. And she's raising money for the food bank about inclusiveness. And I think those things are really important because... At a young age, kids don't understand diversity. They don't understand hate. They don't understand all of those types of things. And if you can embrace that when they're young, as they grow older, they become more aware of it. And it doesn't slip in, you know, all of these unconscious bias elements that we're talking about uh, with regards to, you know, HR practices or um, ethnicity. Like those things don't slip in if, if they become aware of it at such a young age and they, they consciously make an effort to be inclusive. So that's what I really like about that movement. And it's ironic that it takes a nine-year-old girl to bring that to your attention. And the nine-year-old girl, for people that don't know, happens to be Greg's daughter. I'm very proud. And she and she's actually just turned eight. Um, or eight. Oh, it, 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 no, but that, thank you, Nicole, for bringing that up. And it's funny because it's, it's not by design that we've been really encouraged her to do this. It's just from her own interest in exploring the world. And, you know, um, what a, and it's the first time I ever thought of it in that context. So thank you. Is what can all of us do with if we have young daughters or we have nieces or cousins or whoever to encourage them to explore things and, that might. Well, and, and just to that point, um, <clears throat> my, my son, my wife ordered some, some shirts from Kaya and, um, and, and my son's wearing it as well. So he's, she's encouraging him. So it's not just other young girls. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like exactly. in other words, it seems like a gender neutral thing in a way, which I think is, is fascinating, you know? And, and and it's a, it's our adult minds that get in the way and say, isn't it nice? It's encouraging. You know what I mean? Like, I just wonder how the kids are, uh, you know, kind of embracing. Oh my gosh, I love this. It's so good because there's no pink or blue. It's just her colors are red. 
<laughs> but but th- th- this is very very much a, a part of this conversation that we're having with you, Nicole. Is like um, it's almost. I, I don't want to say it's too late, but statistically, it's almost too late to encourage high school girls to get interested in tech. Um, mm-hmm. Historically. Um, let's talk about that cohort. Like what, what's happening out there? And maybe that's where the ladies learning code movement and others are really doing great work in trying to shift that. But what's happening in, in the high school aged, uh, area where we're trying to encourage women to get involved in tech. So I feel that there's a lot of localized movements and I think it's really important for everybody to play a role if it's just attending events or supporting or encouraging um, girls and really anybody to, you know, get involved in tech. There's all kinds of online resources. And when I lived in New Brunswick, I um, helped found the New Brunswick chapter of Ladies Learning Code, which just focuses on weekend workshops to teach people how to code. And coding is not about learning how to, you know, write computer code so that you can get a job in coding. Coding is about problem solving. It's another language. And right now, a lot of people see it as a career path. But eventually, coding will just be as simple as knowing how to use Excel. And there'll be all sorts of uses for coding. It'll just be another language you need to know how to use and apply appropriately for fun, for work, for whatever you're doing. Um, if you want to develop an app to help keep track of your kid's soccer schedule, like you can do those things. And that has nothing to do with your career. So I think it's just really important about encouraging people to just explore the new technologies that are around us and to get creative as to see what they can do with it and who knows where it'll go and who knows, you know, where our society will be, you know, 10 years ago. If you look at the technology that existed 10 years ago and people, you know, we're kind of limited in what the applications were of it. It's just when you get these different people from different backgrounds and different ages to apply it, who knows where they'll take it. And that's the really exciting part of what I get to do. And we really want to encourage diversity. Women is the easy place to start. That's why we're working to get more females into technology. But the ultimate goal is around diversity. And it's proven that diverse teams perform better because people need to more clearly communicate in a better way. Uh, they come from different backgrounds. So they approach problems differently. And it's not just ethnic diversity and gender diversity, but education. I'm an accountant. My husband's an artist. We approach things from a completely different perspective. And I can go home and talk about work with him. And then he has this whole other perspective that I didn't even consider uh, because you just get so excited and thinking about, uh, you know, the angles that you already know. And even when you try to do a little bit more, like he just has such a completely different background that it's just really refreshing to have people like that in your life that you can then, you know, kind of mash together all of these different approaches and, you know, come up with creative solutions. Uh, Nicole, that's so well said. And it's uh, it's really cool that you work uh, with the Business Development Bank of Canada, BDC, in their capital uh, uh, silo. Um, I'm a big fan of BDC. I'm, I'm a client of BDC, uh, but recently I really got to spend a lot of time with them um, with the Millennial Dream. They ended up uh, becoming a sponsor mm-hmm. of our film and toured the film and toured me across the country. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, recently we had a screening in Montreal and uh, the president of BDC was there. Of course, I got a selfie eating popcorn with him. Um, and like all the execs of the bank were there listening to me discussing with them how they can stay relevant in uh, the, this new economy. Uh BDC is also a B Corp. They yes. seem they seem to be really leading the edge and, and leading the wave <clears throat> on this whole new economy approach and mindset where uh, so many of the other banks 
are just slipping and continue to slip with uh, controversy and a uh, whole bunch of other things that are just repelling uh, you know, young people to, you know, to engage with. But BDC seems a little bit different. Why do you feel BDC cares so much about things like workplace uh, inclusion, diversity, uh, and becoming a B Corp and encouraging girls to get into tech? Why, why does that matter to a, a national bank? What's important is the D, the development, the word development bank. So we have to make money like a regular bank, but we also have this mandate to develop ecosystems, to develop technologies, to be a thought leader and to really be that bridge between government initiatives and what the market's looking for. And that's the really exciting part. Uh, Before I joined BDC, I did some research to really understand uh, the culture here and, you know, kind of why we exist. And um, we really evolved over the years, but over the last 20 years, it's really been evident that we're no longer the lender of last resort. We have a number of lines of business. I work in the venture element, which has really been around since the 90s. And our goal is to have more venture capital in the system. And that means we need to invest in more tech companies because this component of society has innovation and that will make us money, but it will also make us more competitive. And we really want to kind of be that bridge between all of the groups that need to make money because they have investors that need to be accountable to versus the government that has these social programs and initiatives they want to move forward. So we're kind of the mash between the two and really working with both groups to figure out the best way to catalyze ecosystems, to uh, move these agendas forward and to bring everybody together so that we can be impactful instead of people just kind of doing things on the side, if we can be that hub when it comes to moving forward some of these concepts, then then that's the role we want to play. And uh, Michael Denham is our president and CEO. He's been with us for uh, almost two years now. And uh, he really, uh, he undertook the whole rebranding of BDC. And he's very public facing. And he's out there meeting with companies and talking to people. And, uh, you know, he's kind of our Justin Trudeau. So he remembers people, he engages with people, and then he figures out, uh, you know, how they fit into things. And he connects them with the right group at BDC to help move things forward. So it's um, it's really interesting uh, to work with the companies we work with and to be boots on the ground with the front line of Canadian entrepreneurs who want to change the world and trying to, you know, be part of that journey with them. As you like, as you consider your your role, associate director, of strategic investments and partnerships, um, I, I'm kind of, I'm curious about you know what what learning did you bring along from your former life at MBIF, which is which is well known to both of uh, all three of us, I guess, um, you know, and 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 how is that informing you and 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 I guess supporting you currently? Like, I just would love to hear a little bit about that because you 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 would have had a lot of you know very interesting experiences in in that former role. Mm-hmm. No, I loved working in MBIF. It was a really hard decision to leave New Brunswick, uh, but I really feel that I'm an ambassador and a champion for the East Coast in Toronto. Everybody knows him from the East Coast. And I really get to see the differences between an entrepreneur on the East Coast and an entrepreneur in a bigger city like a Toronto or Vancouver. And the entrepreneurs in the East Coast uh, are really good at problem solving and building things, but there's a lack of capital on the East Coast compared to some of the bigger uh, areas. So I'm in Waterloo. There's tons of individuals who are ex-Blackberry or former, you know, startup founders who have money and are investing in companies. Atlantic Canada just doesn't have that critical mass yet. And so what I try to do is connect the Atlantic entrepreneurs to this system, to this ecosystem and in other cities that are might be relevant. 
and then work with groups on who have boots on the ground like NBIF and uh, some of the different accelerators and things like that so that we can, um, as a community, eventually get to that critical mass and figure out, you know, how Atlantic Canada is already punching above its weight for the size and capital available and how we can capitalize on that. So there's some really amazing companies doing amazing things and uh, connecting with some of the bigger centers. And I think that groups like NBIF uh, are really core to being that boots on the ground and kind of getting everybody started. Uh, and I love the uh, – well, actually, you know, it's really interesting to hear you know, the difference that you're seeing in the entrepreneurs. Um, and uh, and, I, and I love the punching above um, our, our weight, you know, the Frank – I always think of the Frank McKenna quote. So there's, uh, there's a lot of New Brunswick in you, clearly. Um, what – in terms of, you know, people – someone who might be listening to this and wants to learn a little more about what you do and how you do it, um, like who would you encourage to reach out to learn more? And, and I'm thinking of entrepreneurs in this case. Anybody who has an idea, uh, there's lots of groups in Fredericton, Moncton, St. John, you know, Charlottetown, St. John's, Cape Breton, Sydney, uh, and Halifax. There's all of these local groups that have workshops. Uh, so Propel has an accelerator, Planet Hatch, Venn Center, Genesis Center, Volta Labs, all of these groups. Uh, they all have local programs. So if you want to know if your idea is a good idea or if it's something that you actually might want to quit your job to pursue, there's all sorts of activities. So you just need to start to engage with the community. It's a very inclusive community. Once you're in, you're in. And everybody's really helpful. And they'll point you in the right direction. So just start attending events. Twitter is a big element. Start following key thought leaders on Twitter. They like to share a lot of things. There's a couple of Facebook groups. And um, you really just start to put yourself out there. And everybody, there's no such thing as a bad idea. And everybody will really want to be helpful to that. Uh, if you already have a company and you want to figure out, you know, am I venture profile? You know, can I actually take this to the next level? Um, you know, any of the investors would be happy to talk to you. So NBIF, us at BDC, uh, there's a number of other groups around that would be happy to um, chat. There's different events in bigger centers. So Boston, Montreal, and Toronto all have these big events um, kind of in the spring and fall time frame where you can go and just network with other entrepreneurs and investors and understand, you know, who's doing what and uh, who you should be connecting with and just getting feedback. Uh, what happens in the bigger cities, and that's why I encourage people to get on planes, build your company locally in Atlantic Canada. Uh, you know, you have a better lifestyle. You can afford to buy a house, unlike in Toronto. Uh, but be on planes so you understand, um, you know, what the ecosystem's like. Because every day in Toronto and Montreal and Boston, there's VCs meeting with 10 to 15 entrepreneurs. So they're seeing what the trends are and they have that critical mass. So you need to kind of get in front of them to see where you stack. And then you can really develop your plan after you have all that feedback. And Dave, I think you and I might be doing something like that with the CTA program. Or, in Boston. Yeah, yeah. You applied to that, right? Yes. Yeah, we're both, well, I, we, yeah, we're going, I got, I got all these dates for going to Boston, to your point, Nicole, getting on a plane or a car or whatever, however I'm going to get there. It's but, six but, hours if you drive with me, just so you know. All right. Um, yeah, because yeah. I think, I actually, I think BDC is a sponsor of the Canadian uh, Technology Accelerator in Boston, I believe. Yet, um, yeah, so the CTA yeah. programs, I think there's seven of them across the U.S., and they're a soft landing, and they really help you connect with the cities in which they operate. And it's all through the consulates, and uh, they do some in Europe as well. So it's a really great program, and the feedback from founders that go through it is very positive. Yeah, it, it is, and it's very and, – and we talked a little bit about it with um, – oh, Jesus, Fredericton wears different socks – 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> with the rivers. Rivers Corbett. <laughs> I was going to say forest. With rivers. Sorry, rivers. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, it is, and by the way, it's, it's an ex- like from what I can tell so far, it's an exceptional program in how it's designed. And, um, and, 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 and in, in part of being in business for you know, the time we've been in business, we recognize business doesn't happen overnight. And it's actually um, the programs are actually built over a number of months. And there's an expectation that you have a minimum commitment to be down there, which you should be down there probably twice as much as they're asking. But it's not, it's not like just show up one weekend and no, have some matchmaking. Yeah, and, exactly. oh, how many business deals did you get? Well, it just doesn't work that way. So yeah. this, this really encourages you know, developing strong networks and connecting you with, with people that uh, are very friendly to what we're doing, understand what we're doing, but also with, you know, potential channel partners or clients and all that kind of thing. And I think another thing that, uh, Nicole, you could probably uh, speak to is I'm good friends with my local BDC rep, with Chris Daigle. Love you, buddy. Um, Chris is awesome. So if you're going to Toronto and need to get plugged into the network, why not get in touch with the, the local BDC account manager or Nicole or other people, and you know, especially if you're clients of BDC, and then bam. Like that's probably probably an, an open invite, eh, Nicole, as I throw it to you? <laughs> yes, and that's one of the values. So we have over 2,000 people and 200 offices across Canada. We obviously don't know each other, but we can reach out to each other, so we can help you if you need to you know, target somebody in Regina or Vancouver. Uh, lawyers, bankers, accountants, all of those professionals really do a good job of building up networks in, you know, across the country or in other cities. So start with people within your network and don't be afraid to ask. That's the number one thing is you, you don't ask for what you don't, you don't get what you don't ask for. And you're not giving out your number, I notice. You're again, you know, talk to someone locally, then maybe you'll get to me. So oh, no, no, no. You're, being, you're, a little, Toronto, you're being a little gatekeeper I, here. Come on. Come on. That's not I that's not New Brunswicker. I probably meet with three, either meet or have calls with three to four people a week from Atlantic Canada, even if they're not relevant to what I'm doing. Ah, uh, good for right? you. That's so, my that's my role as an ambassador, trying to well, be helpful. I, and I, nice, nice way to throw a guest on the bus, Dave. I know, no, no, come on. You knew, I, you know what I, I thought. I, I loved. I think it's, um, but yeah, you know, connect locally, right? Um, we got to wrap up here, Nicole. After I throw you under the bus like that, which is just such a great way. But in in all seriousness, um, like tell like I think BDC is misunderstood. First off, maybe some people don't even know you know, what, what, what it's, you know, what, what you do, um, and, and who is it a fit for? And maybe, um, you can demystify, um, you know, how it fills a gap. And I know this as a client, but so I'm, so I'm kind of like leading you to, to this place, but, um, it'd be good for the entrepreneurs in the audience listening to understand kind of the role of BDC. Sure. So we really have two elements that we work with. So small business financing and then venture capital. So I'm not as familiar with small business financing. So reach out to Chris Daigle and all of the other boots on the ground in New Brunswick or Atlantic Canada and they'll help you. But we're really, we have more flexible financing options and we're still a bank. We still need to make money, but we are willing to take more risk as a development bank and have more flexible options. And we do want to support the entrepreneur. So we're the bank of small business in Canada that's our target. And we have lots of different flexible solutions to really help encourage businesses to grow and to make sure they have the capital to grow and kind of realize their dreams. On the venture side, uh, it's the same thing. We have, uh, you know, some three funds that focus on IT, clean tech and healthcare. You know, they write big checks. They're really trying to make sure that we have 
some quality, large, you know, good, strong venture companies in Canada. And then my group is more of the development group where we're about catalyzing ecosystems, bringing people together. Again, still with that eye on profitability or, you know, getting a return and really working with companies that are on the venture path, but being able to take more risk and to just be more supportive and to support local partners on the ground to, you know, develop more entrepreneurs and just get more people in the system and then to give them the tools they need to make sure they develop a quality opportunity uh, and, and really have everything they need to succeed. One final question. Well, what's that? Well, one statement and then a question. The, first, the statement would be that, that um, that's not just lip service. Um, it really is flexible and, uh, and 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 more adverse to risk than chartered banks. Mm-hmm. So BC. So just just I want to make that n- known because it's it's. Did not you say more adverse to risk. More. Um, <laughs> did I say adverse? Yeah, just everything opposite of what Dave just said. This uh, is opposite day. <laughs> so that's the first part. Don't know, but more more ready to embrace and less risk adverse than a chartered bank. Yeah. Um. And and the final more important question is, who is your favorite Blue Jay? Uh, you know what. Lately, it's Russell Martin. Yeah, that's a good that's a good pick. You know Russell yeah. Martin, eh? Yeah, yeah. R- 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 Russell and I, we we really do. Go, we, we actually, Russell and I sat in the same row at the Chicago Grateful Dead show, uh, and I got his autograph as well. It was really no. Yeah. Uh, I was lying. It's opposite day. It's opposite. Uh, it, rotates, day. It, it rotates around who my favorite is. When you're in the stadium, it's really fun to do the Tulo chant. But um, Martin and Pilar, I kind of flip back and forth between. You're lately. you're embracing the Toronto experience. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Nicole, thank you. And when you come visit okay. uh, back home, please uh, do what you always do. Get in touch. I want to see you. I will. All okay. right. Thanks, Sounds Nicole. Good. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 So opposite day. <laughs> opposite day. That was funny. Um, you try. You tried to get me, and I almost got you back. It oh, was you good. did. Yeah. Except she bought into it, and and um, you felt you're like, no, 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 it's opposite day. Hey, listen, um, just re- really quickly, a little bit of promotion. Um, there's two things going on on our website, on the Boiling Point Podcast website. One is you can put your email into it. And get onto our email list um, just ah. to stay in touch. Uh, yeah. we, we just never promote that. Yeah. But the other One, thing- once a month, yeah. just says, here's who's coming up, uh, here's who's past month. And, uh, and it's got Greg's smiling face on it. Right. So you're not getting <laughs> spammed. But also, I, I also would like to promote yours and mine because you have a fantastic emailer on a weekly basis mm. um, called Leadership Unleashed. How do people sign up for that? Because they're not going to tell you about my new one. The Fresh Ideas? Fresh ideas, that one, <laughs> whatever, whatever it's called, the Dave, the Dave Vale show. <laughs> oh, it's a newsletter on fresh, fresh, uh, fresh ideas. ideas on leadership and and stuff we're learning as coaches, and we get all these great contributors and stuff once a month. And then there's a column that comes out once a month. Leadership, leadership unleashed. I got. I, I almost got it. So it's all at visioncoachinginc.com. Thank you for the promo. No problem. Um, I, I, so, so we should end it. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you little, you little. Um, so anyway, I, I am really excited to finally have gotten my own personal website for for public speaking. Hopefully for some workshopping that you and I are going to design together. Yes. It's greghemmings.me. And in there, please put your email. And get on my list because I'm starting to grow this thing out, and I'm we've got do the, it right now. We've got the film uh, that I shot in the Arctic, and I'm going to release it on there. So if anybody wants to be on the first to see it, um, go to greghemmings.me, put your your little email in, and I promise only to email you value, and that is the Greg Hemmings guarantee. Thank you so much, and thanks for Nicole. Like my gosh, she's amazing. She's just a huge inspiration, and BDC. A true champion yes. for Canadian entrepreneurs. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and uh, opposite of everything I said related to their um, willingness to accept <laughs> risk. <laughs> I, I, how's how's how are you still not drinking? I'm not drinking. Okay, well, because all. you started last interview and you said you know it was a carryover, so I'm just checking. No, in. I'm I'm doing well. I, I'm going to make it through the whole summer without without uh, without that. The whole summer. Well, without one, I, well, you one, made fun of me earlier when I said I'm going to try. So yeah, I should so, be definitive. So you, so you're saying no. So you're the whole summer. You are not going to have one glass of wine. Or that's one my intention, beer. Dave. No, no. Everybody that, cracks, but no, no, I, that's I my intention. No, that's your, so are you going to do that, or you're hoping to do that? No, I'm going to do it. But if something fails, <laughs> why are you doing this to me? Because you have all these accents. <laughs> like, are you going to do it or not? I'm not going to do like, it. Okay, right. you're not going to do it. It's opposite day. See you later. See you, man. <laughs> Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.